Hello and welcome back to the Ascent Cycling Podcast for what has been an absolutely incredible day at the Giro d'Italia Stage 6. I mean, almost everything has, has happened today that could have happened. We've had echelons high in the mountains. We've had a breakaway win. We've had all sorts going on. It's been a great stage at the race. And Guillaume, as you can probably tell, is looking fairly smug because he said Gino Marder or Gino Mader would win today's stage. And um, yeah, he's pretty happy with his prediction from yesterday. I mean, I am. I am. It's my first win on this Giro. So uh, I could get back to you because you had Tim Merle on stage two. Uh, I also nearly had the podium if it hadn't been for your favourite rider. I mean, if only he had better legs, this Belkham on him, it could have been a one, two, three for me. And I'm very saddened by such a news. But yeah, unreal stage. Absolutely unreal. There, were, there was action from like the very start. Um, we've had a, a breakaway uh, and potentially where Balcomolema lost the stage was when Mati Mohoric was like, I'm not going to let you be in the breakaway. That's just not happening. And yeah, I mean, in the end, it worked. Gino Meda wins, uh, as we said, ahead of Egan Bernal, who takes second place. And third position is for, I believe, Dan Martin, who gets uh, four seconds of bonus seconds. And Remco Venepoel taking fourth place in the same time as Egan Bernal. Very strong showing today by the young Belgian. It really was. It was action-packed, like I say, from the beginning. We had almost a, a big 25-man breakaway go. Israel weren't happy. Um, and then, of course, like you say, Mohoric wouldn't let Balka. And um, I think it was Jeffrey Bouchard as well into that breakaway, which really cost uh, Balka and probably Bouchard as well later on in the stage. And then we had some images drop out for around 20 minutes, probably, over the Forca de Gualdo, the first climb of the day. And, and we come back and we see Ineos have created absolute mayhem over the top of the climb. Ganner on the front by himself, basically creating echelons. The pink jersey, Alessandro uh, Alessandro Marchi, he was gone for the day um, and he would lose the Maglia Rosa. We then saw attacks from Bessie Olshikone and Barze. I wasn't sure about that move myself. They were brought in ahead of the final climb. And it was quite cagey, I would say, in, in, uh, in the, the main peloton until the final few kilometers. I thought it would be that way because the final few K are the hardest of that climb. And uh, like you said, Gino Mida, he went solo and it, we almost had a repeat of uh, of Paris-Nice, didn't we? When Primoz Roglic caught the man in the final 50k, he held on by 12 seconds officially um, to Bernal. So yeah, a, a very nice win. And like you said, Bahrain, they were victorious today. I, I, I did say that, to be fair. That, that is true. I should have said that on Twitter as well. They would have banged. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just for the script itself, it was great to have Gino Mida win after what happened to Mikel Landa yesterday. Uh, coming back on how the race uh, developed. So Demarki did lose uh, a lot of time following an acceleration from Ghana, uh, an acceleration that also dropped Dominico Puzzovivo. So he said goodbye to any hopes of a GC. Uh, and then that move from Betiol, Chicon and Barde. I mean, Betiol, I, I, I guess he wanted to maybe have a decent uh, lead at the start of the San Giacomo to try and potentially go for Maliarosa. Chicone, I can't really see his edge, if I'm being honest. And Roman, I mean, he was having fun, I say, I, I guess, but uh, maybe he lost some, like, power or, like, some, some energy that could have um, helped him in the final climb. Uh, and then, yeah, like, Filippo Ganna and Matej Mohoric today, absolute powerhouses because Ghana brought back every um, chaser and then dropped George Bennett, who's had an absolute stinker today, 
uh, and then dropped him or came back to Mohoric just to get dropped with him to show who's the MVP. Um, and then, yeah, Dan Martinez attacking for Ineos, leading an incredible tactic for, um, for Egan Bernal. Couple of disappointments, I'd say. Simon Yates today. I think we can classify him as a as a disappointment. Buchmann and uh, probably Hugh Garthy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so we had only Bernal, Dan Martin, Remco, and Julio Ciccone, the four best riders from the GC group, um, and the, it was fairly tightly packed as well. Again today, we had Caruso behind. Martinez did well. Soler he had a fairly good day. Hugh Garthy was right there. To be fair, he didn't lose too much time. Um, but another rider mentioning MVPs, not really in the GC battle, but he is at the moment. Atia Volta rode into the Maglia Rosa, the first Hungarian to have the pink jersey on his shoulders. What a performance from him today. He beat riders like Bookman, Barze, Nibali, just from the same group today on that climb. And he had to do it because he only is, I think, 11 seconds now ahead of Remco in the GC. So what a ride you have to say from a, from Atia Volta to claim the, the, the Maglia Rosa. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, yeah, I said this morning that uh, it was not the main objective, but if he had the legs or if he felt like he had the legs, he would try to, uh, to go for, uh, for the Maglia Rosa. And I mean, he, he did in an incredible manner. Uh, he didn't have that much of a, of a cushion on um, the likes of Remco and Bernal. But 11 seconds, uh, is he going to keep the jersey for long? I don't know. I think he'll keep it for tomorrow's stage for sure. Uh, two or three days now, it's going to be maybe a bit tougher for uh, for the Hungarian. But I believe you said he's the first ever Hungarian to take the um, pink jersey on the Grand Tour. I think he's actually the first ever Hungarian to take a like leading jersey on any Grand Tour. Uh, my 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 stats could be wrong, but I can't think of anyone that could have taken um, the uh, a leading jersey. But yeah, him and also another rider in the top ten, Louis Vavek uh, from Alpecin Phoenix. Uh, he was within a shout at taking the Madia Rosa, um, crumbled a bit more as he's not that much of a climber compared to uh, the likes of Valta or Vlasov or Bernal. Uh, but I think he's still top five of the GC right now. It's just good to see, but it's an incredible top 10 after only six weeks, six days, sorry, of racing. It really is. And yeah, also Ryan Taramai was another rider who could have gone into pink. He was a bit further back today, though. Um, you mentioned there, Simon Yates may be a loser from today. He hasn't looked great so far at this Giro, that's for sure. But when we look at the GC, he's only less than 40 seconds down on Egan Bernal. So, you know, he hasn't looked great. But if he can find his Tour of the Alps legs where he was climbing unbelievably well, he's more than still in this Giro d'Italia. We have a big spread of riders, but it's within only a minute or two. So I think this Giro is still anyone's to play for. Although, despite that, the way Egan Bernal is riding... He's like toying with the other riders, it seems, at times. Ah, he really is. Uh, I mean, he sent Danny Martinez just up front as a, as a recon rider, I'll say. And then, I mean, he attacked once. or Actually, I think he attacked twice, if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, and then he sprinted for the line. But he looks so easy. He, he made it look easy to attack on the final 5k of, uh, of the Sangia combo. Uh, and, I mean, when you see that he's managed to drop, um, I mean... Basically, all of the position bar uh, Martin, Evenepoel, and um, and Chikone. He has incredible legs, and if the back pain doesn't come back, um, I'm not sure anyone can beat him. If I'm being honest. Well, you say that Remco Evenepoel. He stayed with him today. He didn't want to ride with Bernal. Bernal 
no one rode with Bernal after he attacked and they were just trying to stay with the Colombian. But of course, we do have a 30k time trial and I'm looking very far into the future here. But Remco looked great today on probably the longest mountains we've seen him climb realistically, especially at a Grand Tour. So Remco looks good right now and he's riding his way into this race. And with the time trial still to come, he just needs to follow Bernal as best he can throughout this race and then try and gain a minute plus, which he, he most likely will do. Um, assuming he's riding, um, assuming the three weeks of a Grand Tour doesn't affect him massively, which he is riding for the first time, of course. But, you know, Remco is the second favourite for me right now, and he is riding unbelievably well. He hasn't ridden for eight months at a race before this race. So unbelievable ride from Remco yet again today. We can't underestimate that, I think. Imagine saying last week that Remco would be the second favourite to win the Giro. That, that would have been a big, big, big claim. Yeah, it really would have been. I think we both had Almeida probably. Well, I certainly had Almeida as the Koenig's leader. I wasn't sure how they would play it with Masnada riding well and Remco. He was a bit of a wild card to me, but we should have trusted that if he's at this race, he's going to be in form. 100%, 100%. And um, again, decent day for the Koenig today. Uh, Joao Almeida and Masnada trying to set up uh, Remco. One incident to mention, though, for the uh, Koenig. Peter Seri having... Um, an odd encounter with a car. Uh, I mean, a bike exchange. What, what were you doing? D why? Like, eyes on the road, okay? If you drive, do not drive NDS at the same time, right? You either do one or the other, but not both, because that's very dangerous. We've had Kubeka having a very nasty crash yesterday. Um, and now bike exchange crashing into a cyclist. So, yeah, a bit more attention would not be a, a bad thing from um, from whoever drives the car next time. I concur completely. I mean, it's lucky. I think Seri's going to be okay to continue, but that could have been a lot worse than it was. Just before we move on to the preview of tomorrow's stage, uh, we have some medical uh, news from yesterday's uh, crash with Mikel Landa uh, DNFing, as well as Joe Dombrowski, François Bédard and Pavel Sivakov, the four riders that crashed, all, uh, all are out. I think they all have a broken collarbone uh, and Mikelanda has some fractured ribs, ribs I think. Uh, I think he's being hospitalized right now, uh, but he most likely would be back for the Vuelta. I think on the, the timeline, probably could have him back for his home Grand Tour. So it's good to see that it's not season ending, but um, I mean, it's still a massive, massive bummer after, I mean, the hopes we've had for Mikel. Yeah, for sure. But I must say that the way he lay motionless on the ground was very worrying. It maybe looked like a back issue. Um, so a fractured collarbone and broken ribs, he'll be okay. Um, and hopefully he can still have a good season here, whether that's at the Tour or like you say, his uh, his home ground tour of La Vuelta. So looking ahead to tomorrow's stage seven now of the Giro d'Italia, we head from Notoresco to, I think, the fishing town of Termoli. And we're going south on the Adriatic coastline on of course the eastern coast of Italy fairly flat stage we do have a few climbs in the center which could cause some issues perhaps if the pace is high but still we have an 80k flat section in the final half of the race so I think we'll see most of if not all the sprinters present for the mass sprint tomorrow where again it is a very technical finale in the final 2k I know we have a right hand turn with around 2k to go and that is going to be crucial because after that, it's quite a steep 5% pitch uphill for at least a few hundred metres. And I think there'll be a big fight 
for that right-hand corner. Then we have a few more corners all the way to the line, really. So again, it's probably just as, if not more technical than the finish in Catalina a few days ago. So it's a very, very um, technical finish where positioning is going to be crucial for the sprinters tomorrow. Guillaume, do you have any thoughts ahead of this stage? Uh, I mean, I'm all happy to have a technical finish. Hopefully it won't be um, as chaotic as it was in, uh, in Catolica. But as we've mentioned, in the last two kilometers, we have a hill um, average of 5%, but with a max, I think, of 12%. Um, so this person who's going to win must go across that hill and still have the energy to sprint in a false flat finish for the final kilometer. So I think we'll need a sprinter that has some very good legs that seem to be in shape. Um, ideally, that could be a profile that suits someone like Peter Sagan. However, he hasn't seemed to me like he was in the best of shape since the start of this Giro. Um, so I'm going to back Elia Viviani to take the stage tomorrow ahead of Giacomo Nizolo, who will get a 12th second place on the Giro d'Italia. You cruel and man. I, at least I give him second, right? It's better than third. Uh, and uh, third, speaking of him, will be the almighty Caleb Ewan. Wow, there you go. Viviani to win his first Grand Tour stage in a few years. I personally am actually going to go for the aforementioned Peter Sagan to win the stage. Um, I think positioning is going to be crucial and I know Peter Sagan always positions well. So that's what I'm basing it on. Also that little hill, like you say, it's going to play into his hands somehow, even if it's just he has a slightly little extra boost in the finish. Second, I'll go for Viviani. And then third, I will uh, go for Giacomo Nizzolo simply because I don't want to place him second again. It's far too cruel. I'd rather he finish 10th than second again. I mean, I could see it. Uh, at least if he gets second or third, he's still uh, Chiclamino, which I know he said he didn't care about it. He's won two of them already, but it's still better than 10th place, let's be honest. It really is. But um, yeah, it should be a fun finish tomorrow. How do you have... So you've got Viviani. Yep. Who did you have second? Nizzolo and third, Caleb Ewan. So how do you how do you see those guys beating Caleb Ewan is my, is my question to you. Hmm positioning and also i feel like caleb might suffer a bit due to the hill prior to the mass sprint uh on a short burst flat stage i don't think you can defeat caleb ewan however when there's a slight hill maybe some energy to lose um i think that's where you can defeat caleb and if caleb is well placed like let's say he's in the wheel of nizolo or viviani uh i mean my prediction is basically gone because caleb <laughs> will smoke them but if he's in P7, P8, and you've got Vivian in P3 or P2 in the wheel of Simone Consoni. And if Consoni is as good as he was uh, yesterday, I think there might be a slight chance to see Kofidis finally winning on the Grand Tour. Yeah, Consini has been so good. That lead out on stage five was unreal. And I think he did a good job as well on stage two. So I think we can be pretty confident that Viviani is going to be in a good place and good position. So um, I think Viviani could do well against tomorrow, which is why I had him second. So we'll see. Should be a fun sprint. I, I noticed none of us mentioned also Tim Malia. That is correct. Uh, I, I did think about Tim Malia. Uh, if I'm being honest, I it's tough. The, the sprinting field is so like well spread apart and except on purely flat finishes where you can't go against Caleb Ewan on these kind of stages I mean look you've got Peter Sagan as the winner I don't even have him on my podium uh it's just it's really hard to to call a sprint like this um Tim Elia will have positioning as well I think on point because his team will work for him like 100 percent 
can he get the podium? Yes. Can he win? Yes. Is he going to win? Potentially. Do I think he's going to win? I don't think so. At least I hope not, because otherwise my predictions will be wrong. That's the thing. The, the sprinters are tightly packed. Gaviria, Grunewagen, we didn't mention them either. Um, and like you say, anything could happen. Any of the, the top sprinters could win tomorrow, really. Um, we're just uh, doing our best to make our, our predictions sound good. This is where we're going to wrap up this podcast. We do hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, then please do leave a like down below and subscribe if you're watching over on YouTube. If you're listening to your favorite streaming platforms, make sure to hit the follow button so that you don't miss a single one of our daily recaps. And we will see you tomorrow for the recap of stage number seven, end of the first week of this Giro d'Italia. Joe, do you have a final word for us? King Peter time. It's King Peter time. See ya.